you're listening to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. Welcome to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. I'm Michael Smeltzer, and I am here with my good friend Matt Hartwell to talk a little bit about some Michigan football and basketball. Matt, what's up, buddy? Not much, man. I had a, a good week. I uh, I don't know if you saw on my social media, I got to go see the Morgan Wallen concert with my lovely wife and uh, went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3 on Thursday. Uh, got to indulge in a little bit of my inner child there. I love those movies. But uh, yeah, how was your week, my friend? Man, I heard the the third one is actually really good. A lot of times those sequels don't hold up, but I've heard I've heard Guardians is a good one, man. Does it hold up? It does, man. It's got a little bit of a different tone. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, it's been known so far th- for all of uh, the reviews that it's garnered for its seriousness. Um, but it it was a good movie, buddy. Definitely a good one. I'd check it out if you've ever seen uh, the first two. Man, we'll do, but we'll leave the uh, the movie reviews to Jared Stormer and Andy Bailey. They're Absolutely. they're always they're always getting deep into their movies, man. Um, I had a good weekend. Thanks for asking. I you know, my wife and I celebrated uh, two years of marriage, and so we went. We live in in Austin, Texas. For any listeners that don't know, and so we went to a nearby town, Marble Falls, here here uh, by Austin. It's a little tourist getaway. We, Got away from the kiddo, did some fun stuff. So it was nice. It was pleasant. Hell yeah. But Michigan football news never really stops moving, no matter how many movies you watch or how many cabins you rent out in the wilderness. Um, Let's start with Channing Goodwin, because this is an exciting one for me. So uh, four-star wide receiver Channing Goodwin from Providence Day School in North Carolina committed to Michigan, uh, finally solidifying a, a you know, highly touted wide receiver recruit in this already number one ranked 2024 class. And if that school sounds familiar to you, that's because it just happens to be the same high school that five-star quarterback Michigan commit Jaden Davis uh, is currently attending. So we picked up one of his receivers, man. How are you feeling about that? I'm feeling awesome, man. I mean, obviously the uh, 2024 class very notably up to this point missing a receiver uh, aside from from tight ends, of course. But we finally got that in uh, in Shannon Goodwin. Very excited. Watched a little bit of his tape. Uh, the kid's very. Uh, he's a stud. You know, he's uh, kind of on that fringe three four star on the 24 seven sports composite. Uh, still drawing some some four star four star scores on uh, on other recruiting sites though. So, kid with a very high ceiling. You can tell that uh, he's got all the measurables to be a great wideout for Jaden Davis in that class. So very exciting, and it really uh, kind of not affirms, but kind of increases the chances I think of possibly landing even Jordan Ship. That uh, that other notable wide receiver that Jaden Davis tosses the ball to down there at Providence Day. So exciting stuff, man. The momentum just keeps moving. It's almost like these recruits are getting together and like uh, like timing up their their announcements one week after another. And uh, it's just it's very early, but still awesome to see. Yeah, you mentioned Jordan Ship. So I was looking at their their high school stats and Channing Goodwin and Jordan Ship actually have very similar high school stats. They both had six, 60 plus receptions. They both had about a thousand receiving yards um, and they both had about 14 or 15 receiving touchdowns. Um, not only is that amazing because we're talking about their junior year, of course, haven't even played their senior season. Um, it's also nice to see that that means Jaden Davis was spreading the ball around, right? Like they went uh, 12 and one and uh, had an amazing air attack with Jaden Davis, those two receivers. I'm sure they've got some other guys there catching some balls, but I've never traveled out of state 
for a high school football game before, but if Jordan Ship commits, we might have to take a trip to North Carolina, man, because it would be kind of fun to go watch some high school football with um, two, two receivers and a quarterback all heading to Michigan. Yeah, obviously a, uh, a future uh, Michigan three-headed monster over there. So uh, very exciting, man. I'd love to have that chemistry between uh, a, our future quarterback and two wideouts. I mean, I think that would uh, really up the chances of the evolution of this passing attack kind of coming to fruition. You know, obviously it's it's been... Uh, it's left a little bit of, of meat on the bone the last few years. So I, I'm very excited by the prospect of a triumvirate that's already acclimated in a high school environment growing together in Ann Arbor to uh, be the future of Michigan football. Triumvirate. I think I'm going to have to look that word up, man. If it, Is that a word? Triumvirate? Is like a trifecta or something? I believe it's a word, but uh, heck, heck, might yeah, want I love to fact it, check man. that when we get off. <laughs> it's a word now. You said it. You used it correctly. It's a word. Um, yeah, and you know, I wrote an article earlier today about the Channing Goodwin um, commitment being so important because to me that represents a, a, a turning of the tide in the in the position that's really been, you know, holding Michigan back. And no disrespect to. You know, Ronnie Bell, Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, some of these receivers we've had are very talented and they've overperformed. But it's no secret that Michigan has a run the damn ball mentality. And so for these really talented young wide receivers, they look at a team like Michigan and they're like, is that the team that I really want to go to that's going to prepare me for the NFL? Um, is that the team that is I'm going to be able to rack up receiving stats with? And I think with J.J. McCarthy evolving into a, a passer this season, which I think we all know is going to come uh, even more because we saw it a little bit last season, and then the commitment of Jaden Davis, now you're seeing guys like Channing Goodwin that's like, they're like, you know, I'm going to follow my guy, my quarterback, Jaden Davis, to Michigan. Um, we already know uh, Imarion Stewart is a heavy Michigan lean, Jordan Ship probably, and then you know, there there's some five stars that are sniffing around now. Michigan is starting to have some visits from some five stars to where if they can flip a couple of these guys that are, I shouldn't say flip, but these guys that are leaning in some other directions, um, Michigan might actually be able to finish with the top two or three recruiting class, which uh, it's no secret. That's where the long-term stability of a dynasty comes from teams like Georgia and Bama even Ohio State have been doing that for a while and so it's it's nice to be uh where we're at right now uh moving along to some kind of just weird weird energy news um kind of I just feel kind of gross by it uh our guy Hunter Dickinson that we've enjoyed watching play in the Mason Blue for the past three seasons, uh, three-time All-Big Ten, All-American. Uh, he announced with a, uh, I, I guess it was supposed to be like a swaggy, cool video, but I just wasn't feeling it. And he announced he's going to play for Kansas. And um, I don't know, man. I We've never really had a recruit of this magnitude in football or basketball transfer. Um, you could argue Cade McNamara, big time transfer in football, but Hunter Dickinson's like another level of transfer. And uh, it just feels wrong that that dude's going to be playing for, for Kansas next year, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, it's uh, no secret that uh, it's been a money quest for, for Hunter this offseason in terms of finding a good fit for him, but also finding a good NIL fit for him. He's uh, been very outspoken during his time at Michigan that that's something that is of interest to him. You know, uh, no love lost on him for that. But um, I guess Kansas offer is the word on the street is Kansas offered him something that uh, that very few can refuse. And, you know, they also field a pretty good team with uh, with him on it. So it's uh, it's 
no uh, shot in the dark that he went there. I'm with you, though, on the video. I mean, like, what the hell, man? What was that? I don't get it. It was like a yeah, cheesy, I mean, like, hey, Hunt, the world's waiting. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you, like, man? like, oh, God, what is happening? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if it was uh, in favor of Michigan, we'd feel differently. We'd be like, oh, that was a badass video, <laughs> you know, but... But man, it's just weird. It's it's weird. I've mentioned several times on the pod. I thought Hunter was going to be a four year player at Michigan. Um, you know, we did uncover some interesting news uh, in the fold that surprised me actually about Kentucky. I don't know if you saw this, but in the Hunter Dickinson recruitment, so to speak, uh, Kentucky came out and made some backhanded accusations of some other schools and. And Kentucky basketball apparently is taking the same approach as Michigan football to in NIL, which is we want to make it as a really attractive destination where players can make money, which that's that's the way NIL was supposed to be arranged. Um, but Kentucky was like, we're not going to sit here and just hand out money to people. And then almost like the next day, Hunter Dickinson commits to Kansas. And so we're like, oh, ding, 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 like. Kansas is just dropping bags, right? Like that that has to be what's going on here. Yeah, I saw some uh some rumored amount that uh it was like like 2 year 4 million or something like that. I again, I don't know if that's true, but I I don't uh put it past him. I'm sure a lot of teams were throwing some big money at him. Uh a very desirable name in the portal. Um a valuable piece to any really good roster when it all comes down to it when everything's said and done he's going to be a valuable addition uh if he plays his best ball for that team so you know best of luck to him i i probably wouldn't have wouldn't have chosen the exact path for him or the way that he went about it but all love to him he gave gave a lot for uh for the program and all respect to dickinson for that I love Hunter Dickinson. I appreciate Hunter Dickinson. And I will be uh, outspokenly rooting against Kansas next season. Uh, I mean, they're probably going to be the favorite uh, to win the national championship just based on their roster. Like, they might have been the favorite before Hunter got there. Now that Hunter's there, it's like they they just have a stupid, talented roster. Um, But I just don't want that to be like like the way that it works you know i just don't want it to be like oh we had a good player and then kansas offered some x amount of millions or whatever it was and then that you know then they go win a national championship with them like i'm i'm hopeful that we what we see is a little bit more like a an a&m football situation where it just doesn't work i don't don't know, know man i don't know it's uh it's very what i've noticed throughout my lifetime is that the game of basketball financially is just very different you know what i mean you got smaller teams less less mouths to feed when it comes to money and stuff like that like that's how how it works in the pros you know professional basketball players are making a lot of money and and that structure carries over into the the um the building of super teams and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and you kind of see that see it kind of trending in that direction with today's college basketball. Now football, I don't think it'll get that out of control because you have so much depth there and so many guys on a team. You know what I mean? It's impossible to just give give one guy all of the money. You know what I mean? And then leave yourself vulnerable at at other positions. You know what I mean? So I don't think that football is in as much danger with the nil situation as basketball but i don't know man i kind of feel what you're saying and it's uh it's a little bit scary to see it trending in that direction how about lsu like the women's basketball team nobody's going to be able to compete with that i don't know if you saw but uh, no, I'm they, not. Uh, I'm not up on that. But they they went out and bought themselves a nice squad, or what? They did, man. They've already got that Angel Reese and then uh, uh, Haley Van Van Nith or whatever her name is. She uh, is going to LSU, and then some other girl that averaged 25 points per game. She's going to LSU. Like everybody is going to LSU and there's not going to be one team that can even come close to competing with that women's LSU team next year. 
But I'm fine with that because UConn has been has been such a powerhouse. But I'm not I'm not uh, well versed enough in the the world of women's basketball. But I'll, I'll check that out. Uh, speaking of uh, like transfers and transfer portals that are that are interesting to Michigan, um, Keon Coleman was a part of the the wonderful implosion of of Michigan State recently. Uh, Michigan State is just falling apart. And I'm I'm here for it. I got a front row seat with my popcorn. Um, but it's interesting. Uh, rumor has it Michigan reached out to Keon Coleman, who is, of course, the star wide receiver, probably the most talented guy on that whole damn football team, if we're being honest. Like the dude is a stud. Um would you, but here's the question, right? Because you can go two ways with this. Do we want him? Is that are we interested in Keon Coleman as a fan, as a University of Michigan fan? Can can we do that? Do we want him on our team? You know, I uh, I really don't know. You know, uh, it's almost I, it's almost a moot point because I really don't know if Keon Coleman would consider coming to Michigan either, but. Uh, and obviously, Michigan is one of like 50 teams that reached out to Keon Coleman. So there's obviously a very big net there uh, that's trying to get him. But I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm a firm believer that we've got a lot of talent in the receiver room that's really underutilized. You know what I mean? I think we've got some really talented guys in that receiver room that just don't get a chance to shine that much because of the talent in the backfield of of uh, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and Donovan Edwards when he's catching balls, you know what I mean? So uh, I think that they they just don't get uh, enough passes thrown there. So I don't know. I hate all rivals all the time. I don't know if you saw today on Twitter, but there was this uh, say something nice about your favorite play, your uh, your favorite player on a rival team and i'm like mm, no <laughs> yeah everyone yeah, was saying so. like nice things and i'm just like i got nothing i'm sorry but uh i don't know i just can't see it with keon coleman but uh it is a it is a funny thought though yeah part of me is like well it would be nice to to take their best player and then beat them with that player like so, there's something satisfying about that but in the in the case of Michigan versus Michigan State, it like it doesn't appear that we're going to need him to beat them this year. You know, knock on wood. Uh, and, and really, it's it's just I, with Michigan State and Ohio State, I don't know if I can do it. Right, like it, once you once you choose to go to Michigan State or Ohio State, I feel like like you've made your decision. Right, like there's a line in the sand, you crossed it, you're over there. You know that, that that's the greatness of what these college rivalries bring out in us. It is just it's this like human nature of us versus them. And, you know, Notre Dame, Penn State, some of these other schools, if a guy wants to transfer, I, I think I'd be okay with it. I'd, I would be like, all right, you know, some Notre Dame guy, bring him on, whatever. Like you, you, you went to the dark side, now you're on the light side. That's cool. But with Michigan State and Ohio State, it's like, no, man, y- y'all, you made your choice. You made your choice. Like we're ha- happy without you. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know if I can. Uh... I can get behind it. I mean, who knows? You know, if he were to choose Michigan, I'm sure he would open up a whole nother layer of that that offense in terms of his uh, game-breaking ability. But I don't know, man. I'm just, I hate, hate the rivals, hate any imprint of a rival on anything. So can't see myself getting behind it. And so there was some other news that came out this week. Uh, it's all pretty interesting, you know. And I, I want to, I want to give the twelve-team playoff uh, like room to talk about. So we're gonna save that for next week for really dissecting it because I want to get into that. Um, but we've got a defensive depth chart prediction to get to for uh, Michigan football this week. Uh, but before we get to that, let me just mention uh, Michigan has now added a punter and a kicker. In the from the transfer portal, which with Jake Moody and Brad Robbins both getting drafted, um, we saw James Turner from Louisville, uh, the kicker, transfer a week or two ago, and now Hudson Hollenbeck, I think is his last name, Hudson Hollenbeck, uh, transferred uh, as a punter, and it appears that our two starting uh, kickers and punters will be 
uh, transfers this year. So feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously they want to give uh, uh, give Tommy Doman a little bit more time. You know what I mean? Improve a little bit, which nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm actually a big fan of the move. You know what I mean? I don't think it shows a lack of confidence in the guys that you have coming up in that locker room right now. I think Michigan is just doing what it's done best the past couple seasons, which is fill needs where it needs to in the transfer portal. And when you lose two guys that have been here for the long haul and Brad Robbins and Jake Moody, you can't just afford to take chances with with such important special teams positions. So I completely get it. Very excited about uh, Hudson Holenbeck because he actually he's a punter and a kicker. So we've got got a little bit of uh, even maybe a competition there. You know what I mean? Obviously, uh, James Turner very good. I don't didn't do too much research on on Holenbeck. I'm sure he will end up being the punter and. Turner being the kicker, but it's nice to have another guy on there with uh, with kicking experience that can come out there if if for some reason that the other one's injured or shaky or whatever. Man, I didn't realize he was a place kicker as well. That's actually going to be kind of interesting. These dudes are just trying to hop over to win a natty real quick before their college career is over. Uh, spe- speaking of winning a natty, if that is going to happen for Michigan football. There are many, many guys on the defensive side of the ball that will need to make some plays. Uh, Two weeks ago, we did a little uh, offensive depth chart prediction where we looked at some positions. Let's go ahead and do that for the defensive side of the ball. Um, What position group would you like to start with? Let's start with uh, the defensive line. Let's go. I'm going to, so I think of the, now you can break it up into like nose tackle and like all this kind of stuff, but I all, I think of the D line as like inside guys and edges, right? Like that's kind of in my, in my brain, that's how I break them up. I know we can get a little more intricate than that, but is that how you, is that how you are kind of interpreting it as well? Yeah, no, for this exercise, I, uh, I purely just kind of grouped it all in as as you just said and obviously Michigan is multiple on defense they give multiple different looks swap multiple different guys out along that defensive line so um I, I feel like we're uh, safe going with it like this well let's start on the interior of that D line uh so I on the inside man the run stuffers the big boys who do you have as let's call it the number one guy I mean, obviously, you got to go with Chris Jenkins, right? I mean, returning, uh, obvious, probably captain. Um, He's been talked about very highly uh, throughout spring ball, throughout camp, uh, drawing a lot of of interest, uh, a lot of clips of him in the weight room doing his thing. So I'm very excited. I think he's taking a Mozzie Smith-level step this year and uh, I'm pretty excited to see him lead the charge along that defensive line. I agree with you. I had Chris Chris Jenkins as my number one guy on the interior as well. Um yeah, I, I think he's going to impress some folks actually. He he patiently waited his turn and sometimes guys are not ready to step up. I think Chris Jenkins is one of those guys that's ready to take it to the next level. I think we're going to see, um, it might be a little bit of hyperbole to say an all-American caliber season, but like just under that, like I, th- like I think first team, all Big Ten is, is well within reach for, for Chris Jenkins. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, all right, let's get, get to like, give me your next two or three, kind of run it down how, how you see the order uh, on the inside there. Absolutely. And uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about uh, Kenneth Grant as possibly that that second best guy along the defensive line, excluding edge, of course. But uh, I've got Mason Graham as as kind of my second biggest difference maker um, along that that defensive line. I mean, I just saw too much explosiveness out of him last year. I am very high on Mason Graham going into this season. If Chris Jenkins wasn't on the defensive line, I would have named Mason Graham as probably 
one of our top uh, incoming game, like the top incoming game breaker along the D line this season, just because, I mean, he was just eating guys for lunch last year. You know what I mean? He just gets off that line so quick. Uh, and if he's got got some uh, space to get to the quarterback, he'll make him pay. So very excited for Mason Graham. And then after him, I've got Kenneth Grant as a, a close second behind him. So I think those two are going to be very formidable in the middle of this year. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think uh, you, all three of those guys you named are quote unquote starters, right? When you have three... And, you know, when you have three interior guys on the field at the same time, I think that's exactly what we're going to see. Is, uh, and I, I rank them the same as you, actually. Chris Jenkins, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant. Um, and then for me, I think the next man up is probably Derek Moore. Um, and, and then I think Rayshon Benny is probably ready to, to, to take a step this year. So th- those are my guys. If, if, I'm t- if I'm giving five off the inside of the D-line, those are my guys. Yeah, Derek Moore is very interesting because obviously he's uh, positioned to play, to compete for quite a bit of edge minutes as well this year. You know, I, he was on uh, Jansen this week, and uh, and John Jansen was talking to him a little bit about uh, um, uh, some of his edge rushing ability, and he's got that size uh of an interior guy. You know what I mean? He's a very fascinating player because he's got that size to him. I think he uh, clocks in at three, 375 or something like that. So very big for uh, an edge rusher, not three, 275, but uh, yeah. very big for, for an edge guy. So, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he shapes out, but I've got uh, Rayshon Benny and then an honorable mention of Cam Good. I think we didn't really see yeah. too much of what Cam Good had to offer last year. Neither did we for Rayshon Benny, but I think those one of those two guys is poised to make a step up. Now here's where things get interesting. Let's go to the edge. If you've got two guys on the edge, one on the left, one on the right, who are the two that you're picking? Because actually, there's a few different combinations of dudes that you could pick right now. Um, who are your two that, that you're, you know, game on the line? We need a sack. Who are you putting out there? See, I went with, I think this is the obvious choice for most, uh, Jalen Harrell, uh, the experienced guy on the edge from last year, uh, did phenomenally i think he's going to take a big step up this year uh but at second i've got Derek moore i think that he's going to be um one of those guys that that surprises and breaks out in that role on the field i think he's just kind of a, a freak uh with his uh his ability to get to the quarterback and i think that uh he's a very intelligent edge rusher he Studies a lot of Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo. Um, you could tell that he's just very locked in on on his duties based off off of what he uh, said on Jansen this uh, last week. But I've got Derek Moore, Jalen Harrell, and then I've got Josiah Stewart. I think uh, he's going to be really good this year too. But I don't know, man. I think that uh, our starting our two starting edge rushers are already on this team or were already on this team prior to this year. I'm pretty sure when we did our stat predictions that I predicted Josiah Stewart to be the leader in sacks. I'm not sure. I might have to go back and look at that. And so with that in mind, in that spirit, um, I'm going to, I'm going to say Jalen Harrell and Josiah Stewart are my two guys there. And I don't know if it's Harrell or Harrell. I, I I've heard it said both ways. Maybe Same. May, maybe I'll maybe I'll figure that out this year. But I'm gonna say Jalen Harrell and Josiah Stewart um, on the edge. And the reason I I put Derek Moore on like the inside of the defense is I actually think we're going to see a lot of development on the edge from some younger players. I'm excited about Eno Etta, uh, Americ Kumba. But especially Eno Etta, I, th- I think he 
could potentially be a guy that we see get significant minutes as a freshman on the edge. And then, of course, uh, a guy that we haven't talked about that we're all hoping will take the next step for Michigan. I mean, he has a Michigan tattoo. He better, right? It's hard to transfer when you have a Michigan tattoo, but uh, Braden McGregor is there too. So I, I think if I'm going to do t- my, my two deep, I'll leave the freshman out. I'll say J- Jalen Harrell and Josiah Stewart as quote unquote starters. And then maybe uh, Derek Moore and Braden McGregor uh, as the, the backups there. Um, guys like TJ Guy are probably ready to make some moves too. So it'll be interesting to see. Keyshawn uh, Bennett made some plays in the uh, spring game. Yeah, you know, I'm not as familiar with him. Uh, I might have to look. Uh, I might have to watch. You know, watch the spring game again and just kind of see what what he's all about. Because it, when I was, I, I did come across his name on the depth chart, and uh, I'm just not as familiar, man. I'm excited to learn about him. Yeah, incoming uh, junior this year, so he's got a little bit of uh, a time in the system. I really wasn't too familiar with him either until I I noticed a couple of uh, pops of him on a rewatch of the spring game after our good buddy Andy Bailey had uh, mentioned him on their podcast. So yeah, he looks uh, he looked good. So I'm excited to see. Uh, if he develops into anything. And I'm also excited to see if Braden has uh, himself a breakout year. I know I've been a little bit hard on Mr. McGregor in the past, so um, I'll be interested to see if uh, if he can finally have that breakout season, kind of like Hutch had, you know what I mean? He was another guy that was very silent until a certain point in his career when it was his time, and Braden McGregor's a senior now, so it could be his time. So you never know. Yeah, it just shows you how talented this team is when a guy like Keyshawn Bennett can uh, be a junior and I'm sitting here like, oh, I'm not really that familiar with him. And I literally obsess over Michigan football, you know, on a daily basis. So we just got a lot of talent. It's the depth. A lot of talent, man. Um all right, let's move to uh, another interesting position that could go a couple of different ways. The linebacker position, which we've had we've had some movement. Now, Nakai Hill Green is gone. He's no longer in the mix. Uh, that was a little disappointing for me because I felt like he was ready to take a, a step, come back from injury, and really uh, get in the groove. But uh, one of the main reasons why he probably chose to transfer uh, is because we got a pretty damn good transfer in at that position but uh without spoiling who that is let me let me kick the ball over to you here man who are your uh let's pick let's pick let's say two starting linebackers and then we'll talk a little bit about backups um you're not gonna probably not gonna totally agree with me on this but i believe that uh the two linebackers that are poised for the most playing time this year are uh, going to be junior Colson. Obviously the kid's an absolute fucking stud going to be one of the greatest linebackers in the country. Mark my words, but I've also got Mike Barrett as uh, as maintaining a healthy level of, of snaps, maybe even above Ernest Hausman this year, you know, um, I don't know if you ever had a chance to listen to, to Jesse Minter, um, on in th- in the trenches a few weeks ago, but he had uh, mentioned, you know what I mean, that right now to this point he considers uh, Colson and Barrett as, you know what I mean, starters. But quote quote unquote, uh, he considers Hausman to be right there, like breathing down their necks. You know what I mean. So obviously you can read into that however you want. Hausman might might snatch Barrett's uh Barrett's uh primary starting spot um before the the start of the season. He's a young guy, very explosive guy, a leadership presence already in that locker room, but you know, um I have a, a hard time finding that uh that pe- people sleep on Mike Barrett. Just a side note there, like people sleep on Mike Barrett, but the dude is a playmaker. You know what I mean? You look at a lot of the greatest defensive plays that were made by Michigan the last couple of years, few years, and Mike Barrett's had something to do with them. You know what I mean? So 
I don't see Mike Barrett going quietly into the night. I think that him and Hausman will will kind of share probably end of the season on about even footing and snaps almost, uh, barring any injury by either two. But I think it's Colson, Barrett with a slight edge, and then Hausman. You know, I agree that if if Michigan's going to win a championship this year, Michael Barrett is going to have a lot of key plays. I mean, the dude is like a eighth year senior or whatever it is. You know, he like he's one of these guys that's he's like taking advantage of the COVID year. He's been around forever. He would it was actually a surprise, I think, that he that he chose to come back. It kind of seemed like his arc had completed itself and he was going to move on and then uh, then he decided to come back along with uh, some guys on the offensive line, and that that's when it really started to look like, oh my god! Like, and then Corum said he's coming back, and it's like, oh, we're gonna do this thing. So I think Michael Barrett, uh, without a doubt, uh, is gonna be on the field a lot. Um, and you might be right; he might be considered a starter, especially at the beginning of the season. But if I'm gonna pick the two guys that I think uh, are going to electrify that defense, it's going to be Junior Colson and Ernest Hausman. And I love Michael Barrett. I've talked with Michael Barrett Sr. a couple times, man. His dad's a real nice guy. Like, like I don't, this is not Michael Barrett slander at all. As, as far as I'm concerned, they're all good enough to start. But uh, Ernest Hausman looks like a force to be reckoned with. So, And Junior Colson's going to be a first-round draft pick. Uh, next season it looks like so those are my two guys Hausman Junior Colson um, Mike Michael Barrett I guess he's almost like a third star it's, it, you almost can't call him a backup he's almost like a third starter but then you look at uh, is Jimmy Rolder gonna be the guy is Micah Pollard the guy Jaden Hood um, is a youngster like Samaj Bridgman gonna come in I don't really know it's like out of all those names I think Jimmy Rolder might make the most sense as the other guy that's kind of sitting there uh, backing up like Junior Colson maybe, but it's hard to tell, man. Who would you put as that fourth guy in the mix? Well, the fourth guy in the mix, I think, is probably almost the reason for the pushing out of Nakai Hill Green, right? Because when you really look at it, this team's got a lot of depth at the linebacker position that they really haven't even had to dip into. And uh, it's guys that are growing up in the system now, like Jimmy Rolder. He's a very high-energy guy that appeared in almost every game last season. Very uh, Special teams a lot, I'll give you that, but still appeared in almost every game last season. Then you've got Micah Pollard, who appeared in almost every game last season. And then Jaden Hood, who really didn't appear too much last season, but did very well in the spring game. He was one of the top performers in the spring game um, in terms of the defensive side of the ball for whatever team he was on. I just remember seeing that he racked up quite a few few uh, tackles, and I, I noticed him in the film rewatch, but... They've got some some guys that I think are ready to take that next step and compete for like a fourth rotational linebacker spot. So I just don't know if there was room for an aging Nakai Hill Green that uh, that is just getting back into the game after a two year absence, you know. So I think they've got some options that uh, that we're going to see and it'll probably be a little bit of a surprise to some people. Let's move on to what is, for me, the most exciting unit, and that's the secondary. So we, like we can obviously, we'll break this up into cornerbacks and safeties. Um, cornerback, I'll, I'll, I'll let you tee that off. Uh, I mean, there's a couple studs there, but I, I, I think we all would agree. Well, I, maybe we don't agree. Let, let me ask you, who is, you, know, who are you, who's your top guy? at the cornerback position. So uh, my top guy is is not a shocker. It's Will Johnson. Uh, but at that secondary spot, I don't want to be like so cliche as to rule out Omari on Walker just because it's what everybody's doing. I just realistically, for the goals and aspirations that, that this team has this year, 
I have a tough time believing guys that have experience at the position aren't going to find their way somehow at some point into a starting role there. So I've actually got Jair Hill as uh, as my second starting cornerback, if you will. And I've also kind of got an asterisk next to uh, Mikey Sainersil because I think that we're going to see him some in that that uh, second cornerback spot this season. But uh, I've got Jair Hill as taking up Mantle at that spot. And, you know, I think McBurrows, I think, is the popular fan name that everybody's going with. Like here in the offseason, I think everybody's just kind of like naming in their minds that McBurrows is the obvious choice because Walker's fallen and all this stuff. But I think Jair Hill... Uh, he's got some good measurables, and um, and you know I think that we just need some form of experience at that that position. And uh, he did good in the spring game, so I think that uh, that we might be. There's always a surprise, you know what I mean, of one guy that nobody expects to see their name uh, towards the start of the season. So I'm just random throwing out Jire Hill as as my second starting cornerback. Yeah, you know, it sounds like we see things pretty similarly here. And I guess I, I could have clarified like cornerback versus DB. Like I was I was kind of thinking of Mike Sandra still in that category, even though he like he plays the nickel, which is, you know, it's a little different, but they're all moving around back there in the secondary. So um, if, if we're going to talk about the, if we're going to throw the nickel in there as well, then I see it as Will Johnson uh, and Mike Sandra still as starters. Um, I think I have to throw Jaden McBurrows in there, but I'm not sure if I love it. Uh, like it, because he's unproven, right? He's unproven. Amarion Walker maybe by the end of the season, hopefully, right? If if Amarion Walker is that third starter by the end of the season, then something's going right because the dude's uh, a freak athlete. Um, I like the Jair Hill call out. Um, I'm going to call out Cam Calhoun, the freshman. Uh, I don't really know how good he's going to be, but he's got some super sweet NIL t-shirts. And so, uh, you know, if you're going to have t-shirts that are that swagged out, you got to be pretty good. So I think he's going to he's gonna get into the mix. And then um, the guy that I'm kind of most excited about that I think is going to be the revelation in the secondary uh, this season is Zeke Berry. Um, being in person at the spring game and, he was the guy that stood out to me actually the most of anybody. And, that, and you know, I, I should say on the defensive side of the ball because Peyton O'Leary and Benjamin Hall were freaks. But uh, Zeke Berry excites me. I think um, he's the guy that's going to take the torch from Mike Sandra still and, and carry it as that, that physical um, defensive back that, that's versatile that can do a lot of things in the secondary. I think he's going to be that guy. And so uh, he's going to get a lot of snaps and make a lot of plays this season. Yeah, I would uh, tend to agree with you there about Zeke Barry. I myself have him uh, penciled in earning minutes at at safety primarily this year. Not one of the, the top two, but I'm with you. I think that there is some utilization that's that's kind of similar to how they utilize Mikey Sainer still there with Zeke Barry. And also Michigan is is good on starting safety right now. So I think Barry is going to be somebody that can bring some electricity to the defense and they're going to want to find ways to get a guy like that on the field and see what he can do. So I'm with you on that. Well, yeah, you know, I, uh, I actually penciled him in at the safety spot when we were doing this. So I'm glad to hear you say that because I could have sworn he was playing safety in the spring game. Um, but I, I checked out some some depth chart stuff and I started looking at where he might be. I saw uh, on Mason Blue Review, a shout out to our guy Trevor McHugh over there. I think he's the one that might have written this article. They were showing him as the backup nickel behind Mike Sanders still. So I started to think... I. I started to get brainwashed by by them thinking like maybe that is where he, he'll be. But again, he's a very versatile guy in the secondary. So no matter where you put him, he's going to get on the field for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he even played like he was a two-way player in high school, which a lot of guys are. 
But, uh, you know, he, he was one of those guys that was moved around often during high school, played a lot of safety as well as other positions. So he's a guy that, that could plug and play, you know, if Michigan needs him at, uh, at corner or nickel, I don't doubt that they're going to find various uses for a lot of these pieces in their secondary to do some really cool things this season. Yeah, and you, I, I think before we move on, I, you know, I would just shout out Cody Jones as another one of those names that just kind of hides in the shadows. He's never really, he hadn't really done a whole lot, but he's there. He's ready to go. He, he's looked good at times, and so um, he could definitely get involved as well. But let's look at, uh, let's wrap things up with the safety position. So uh, just like we just mentioned with the linebacker position, losing a guy. The safety's lost a depth guy as well. R.J. Moten is no longer with Michigan. Um, so he is out of the equation. I, I saw him as a uh, very good rotational player at that position, but it sounds like he wants to be the starter on the field. It did not look like that was going to be the case, and so he moved on. Um, let's say uh, free safety, strong safety, two guys. Um, who would you Who would you consider your... Uh, two starting safeties. So uh, I would consider, obviously, uh, Rod Moore. He's going to be really excellent this year, I think. And uh, he kind of suffers from the average uh, name curse, as uh, Andy and Jared call it. <laughs> you know, um, just not having a very like snazzy name that catches a lot of attention, but. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the great treasures in uh, in college football this year. So I think he's positioned very well. Makari Page now positioned extremely well. He uh, it's said that uh, that towards the end of the season he really grabbed a hold of that starting position away from Rod Moore or not Rod mm-hmm. Moore, excuse me, R.J. Moten, which uh, which led to his decision to ultimately transfer. And uh, and obviously made a lot of plays late in the season, uh, an interception against uh, Ohio State, amongst other things. So I'm excited to see what Makari Page can do with the full season of time uh, under his belt. And uh, it's it's just a very um, exciting secondary man. A lot of pieces that can be moved around. A lot of dynamic playmakers. I think that uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more interceptions this year. Yeah, the turnover buffs will make an appearance early and often in the 2023 season. I get excited just thinking about it. I can't wait for football season when we start talking about those damn turnover buffs. But uh, for me, I see it the same way. I think the sa- the two starting safeties are pretty much solidified, right? I think that Rod Moore and Makari Page are the starters. Makari Page is the reason RJ Moten transferred. Um, I would see Keon Sab as being one of the backups. And then I think the popular choice as the other backup would be Quentin Johnson, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw a curveball out there. And, and, uh, I think there's a guy that's just been waiting to get back on the field and make some plays. I think Caden Colazar is one of those guys. That's just a gamer. And I, I, I just feel like he's going to win us a, a big moment or a big game or something. Cause we saw him, we, we, we considered him almost like a, a special teams specialist at, at first, and he got hurt last year, and he never really got to get into the groove. But Caden Colasar is one of those guys that can make some plays, and so I'm excited to get him back on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's guys that, that we're obviously probably sleeping on. And like I said, there's – always new guys to emerge at the big be- at the first game of every season that nobody is expecting like us and literally every Michigan news outlet around is like probably talking about a same or similar depth chart but the reality is the first game of the season is going to come and like five guys that nobody was expecting or talking about all off season are going to end up making plays and everyone's going to be talking about it after the first game of the season. So it's really, uh, it's exciting to talk about, but for all we know, like you said, it could be Caden Colasar. Uh, it could be, uh, fucking Reese Atterbury. You know what I mean? Just the let, random. Let me ask guy. you this. 
let me ask you this. Let's wrap up the show with this because I love I love where you're going with this. If if you had to like put your balls on the line and say, here's the guy that's gonna surprise everyone. We've now we've done the offensive depth chart. We've done the defensive depth chart. Pick one guy, and the you know, and it can be a guy that like there's some buzz around, but it can't be like Blake Corum, JJ McCarthy, anybody like that. Like who's your guy that's gonna become uh you know almost like a household name in the Big 10 this year but uh that nobody's thinking of on Michigan's team you know i just i'm going to echo the same uh the same thing i was talking about earlier at one of our positions which is Jair Hill i think that uh that he's going to be good i really don't know what i'm basing that on maybe just the fact that Michigan has a need at the position and I don't know if Omari on Walker or Jaden McBurrows are the guys. So I just uh, I just really think randomly that Jair Hill is is going to be the guy that kind of steps in and is the hero that we need at that position. And again, I don't really know what I'm basing that on, but uh, I think that that um, Michigan only has one need to fill, and uh, whoever fills it is going to be is going to be that name. I think. Uh... I think Zeke Barry is my guy this year. I'm ride or die with Zeke Barry, man. I'm on, I'm on, you know, he, he's clearly not going to be a starter to start the season. And so I think that's what makes him kind of an underdog pick. Uh, I just, I like the way he looks. I think he's going to be a gamer. And then uh, the one I'm hopeful that on offense, it's Peyton O'Leary. Because if Peyton O'Leary becomes that dude, then we're going to be just fine on offense. Uh, but that is yet to be seen if 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 that's going to happen or not. But uh, anyway, that is our show for this week, Matt. As always, it's it's good to see you, man. Uh, where can people follow you on social? They can follow me on my uh, primary Twitter handle at Maze Crusader or uh, any of the great stuff my team is putting out at Maze and Brew. Uh, you can find them at their Twitter handle at Maze and Brew or their website, mazenbrew.com. And guys, do yourself a favor. Look up Wolverine Chronicle on Twitter, at Wolverine Cron. Uh, Google it, YouTube it, uh, Facebook, TikTok, all of it. Wolverine Chronicle, that's where you'll find me. And uh, you're just missing out. If you're not following Matt, if you're not following me, like we we are Michigan football fandom. You know what I mean? We're, we're representing on a week-by-week basis. You're just missing out if you're not getting involved with us. DM us, say hi, uh, come be a part of the show. We don't even care. Like we're having guests all the time. Just, just come talk about Michigan football with us. Um, next week we'll be back doing it all again. As always, go blue, go blue.